Welcome to today's message from Transformation Church with Pastor Jim Balzano. Amen. Well, I've been, I have been debating all morning what to actually do today. I could go about 13 different directions. I think it's the camping air. I'm pretty sure it is. I'm going to do a little thing. I, I, I'm going to go back and I'm gonna actually going to share. I believe this is the direction I should go this morning. Um, Pray for those you notice aren't around. Uh, um, we got Labor's Day. People are gone everywhere. Pray for Lindsay. She's leading worship down at Last Blast right now. And uh, we want to pray for her and pray that God uses her today. Uh, I texted her and said, well, I said, the rain will probably diminish your crowd. And pastors and worship leaders like to lead crowds because every, well, every, every person is a soul. All right? And I like to watch football games with more than one people. So worshiping God with more than one is good. But I reminded her, I said, you know, so sometimes we get disappointed whenever there's not a lot of people and so forth and join with us. And I reminded her it's an audience of one. Amen? Our life is truly about an audience of one. All right? Our worship leading, our preaching, our living, our working, whatever it is, we have an audience of one. If we can remember that, how many know it'll keep our motives pure, it'll keep our hearts pure. And so let me remind you that you have an audience of one. I want to take you this morning. Last week I spoke to you a message that was in, that had to do on um, Corinthians chapter two, where Paul talked about what eye hasn't seen and ear hasn't heard. and, and, And I spoke to you about that, about how the things that God has prepared for you, that, that we were talking about how people are living in a life sometimes and there's things that you can only imagine. That for some, freedom from addiction was just something that you can't even fathom. Something that you can only imagine. That you've lived so long bound and addicted to it that you're like, man, am I ever going to be free? Can I ever be free? And, and for some, it's something else. And, and for others, it's, it might be looking for something. It might be searching for significance or searching for love. or It could be a lot of different things, right? And, and so I, I began to talk to you last week about how the very things that some of you can only imagine, I believe, are the things that God has prepared for you. That, that really, literally, God has good things planned for you. How many believe that? <laughs> some of you aren't so sure. You're saying, but if you had God good things ha- uh, planned for me, how come they haven't happened yet? Well, there could be multiple reasons why. How I many know, first of all, God has a great timetable. There are moments where you step into the kairos of God. And when you step into the kairos of God, those things can happen in an instant. How many of you believe today that sometimes you don't walk into the things that God has planned for you because of your own lack of faith? I can tell you, okay. That there was a whole generation of people that never walked into the promised land that God had planned for them because fear ruled their life and dominated their life and they never moved in faith. A lot of people never experienced it because they lack faith. How many believe that sin can keep you from the things that God has planned for you? All right, and so, so but, I, but that doesn't negate the fact that God still has prepared and planned them for you. Many of you in here have children and you had a plan and you prepared things for them for their life, right? But some of those things they never got unless they met certain conditions. I can tell you the story of a young man that I met many, many years ago in the early 90s. He would inherit, when he turned 25, he would inherit $3 million. 
His father was in business, had a lot of money, so forth and so on. And by the time he turned 25, he would inherit $3 million if, if he was clean from drugs, if he was drug-free. Nine rehabs later, he still wasn't free of drugs. How many of you think $3 million might be a good incentive? <laughs> I'll give it a whirl, all right? I mean, the power of drugs and alcohol and addiction knows no bounds. It's not racist. It's not classist. All right? Nine rehabs later, the young man still wasn't drug-free. And it was something that he could only imagine. But the fact of the matter is, that trust fund was prepared for him. It was sitting there for him. It was ready for his use when he was able to be able to responsibly handle that trust fund. And it never came about nine rehabs later. But I believe in our own lives, there are things that God has prepared for us that he wants to bring us to a place where we are ready to walk into those things. And sometimes we're the reason we don't walk into them. And so we got to be honest about that, right? Because sometimes we like to do is blame it all on the devil. Right? I like to blame it on the devil. So what I, I've been praying on, I got a message I was going to preach out of Revelation. I got a message I might preach out of this or that. And then I got really saying, you know what? I know that this message last week resonated in the hearts of a lot of people. And so I'm going to go back, and I'm actually going to preach a message I preached a year ago. How many remember the message I preached a year ago? (laughs) Ed raised his hand sheepishly. (laughs) All right? I don't even remember what I preached a year ago unless I look it up. I don't remember what I preached three weeks ago if I don't look it up. All right? Although I have to tell you, how many know my my, my friend Raymond Keller sits up here, had the... um, kidney transplant, liver, okay? Let me tell you what. One day he walked up to me, and he told me the last six weeks of titles that I preached and what they were about. Wow, I was, like, blown away. I can't do that, All right? And he quickly became my favorite. Sorry. <laughs> they say you're not supposed to have favorites. Oh, yeah, you come up and tell me what I preached the last six weeks. You become my favorite, too. So I'm going to follow it up. I, I really believe I'm going to go back and do this message I did about a year ago that led up to a conference we had that was called Immeasurably More. Let me take you to the verse of Scripture. It's a verse of Scripture found in Ephesians chapter 3. Let me just, I'm, I'm, going to, I'm going to begin with verse 14, but the context of what I'm preaching will be in verse 20 and 21. Paul says, For this reason I kneel before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the Lord's people to grasp how wide, long, high, and deep is the love of Christ. Boy, if we could grasp that, how many know that would breed something into our life? If we could totally grasp how wide, deep, how how long, how high, The love of God is. And to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we can ask or imagine. Mm. When's the last time you asked God for something more than you can imagine? I got a lot of imagination. I have a vivid imagination, as a matter of fact. But I got a God that can blow that imagination away. The Bible tells me I've got a God who can do more than I can even ask or imagine. When's the last time you asked him for something greater than you could even think of? Greater than you can imagine. 
Let me ask you a question. Let me, let me ask you to do something. This week, I'm going to ask you to pray for myself, Peter, Dave Miller, Dick Scolton. We have some very important meetings this week. That if these meetings go in the way that I believe they possibly could go, it is going to mean a blessing to our city. It'll be a blessing to the ministries. It'll be a testimony to the power of God, the kingdom of God, a revelation of the kingdom of God. I ask you to, I'm asking you to pray for those meetings, okay? Specifically Thursday and Friday of this week, Thursday night, Friday. If you would pray, I would be greatly indebted because I'm telling you, if some of the stuff that comes out of these meetings could come out of these meetings, they are more than I could even ask or imagine. And I'm all right. I'm, I'm ready to step into that. Amen? Will you pray? Oh, thank you, five of you. Thank you, the five of you that said yes. All right. To him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we can ask or imagine, according to the power that has worked within us, to him be the glory in the church. How many know that's why we want it? We want the immeasurably more for him to get the glory throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. All right. Let me talk to you for a few moments about this. Paul, in the previous chapters of Ephesians, laid out all the blessings that are ours in Christ. And he said God is able to do immeasurably more, abundantly more, super abundantly more. In other words, God will blow your mind as to what he can do in your life. How many of you want your mind to be blown by God? Hmm? I've seen some mind-boggling things in my life. But I want to see the things that God does that just blows my mind. All right, let me ask you, what would the immeasurable look like in your life? What would the immeasurable, his immeasurable, look like for your family? What would it look like for this, uh, this city, this region, this state? What would it look like? What would his immeasurable look like for this nation and this country? What do you imagine? What do you ask for? What is it that you dream of? If I have a God that the Bible says can do more than I can ask or imagine, I'm going to ask or imagine. If I've got a father, an earthly father, who will bless me beyond my asking him, you better believe I'm going to ask him. Amen? I'm going to him. Carson comes and says, Papi, can I, can, I, can I buy a piece of candy? Sure, you can buy a piece of candy. One, two? That's what I do. Right? One, three? One, four? Here. See, Yaya, who's Penny... See, now, here's, here's how it works in our, okay? Because Yaya is much more disciplined than I am, as you might imagine. All right? So, so we're camping. It's camping. It's like vacation. There's no food rolls. There's no rolls. It's food. It's like, okay. So we got Rice Krispie treats we buy. Nothing but pure sugar. Ours says, Pappy, I want I to I I have a Rice Krispie treat. Sure. Liam, he's not going to be out there. I want to. I want to. I want to. Okay. Pappy goes to the cupboard, gets one out for Carson, one out for Liam. Yayo goes to the cupboard, gets one out, and cuts it in half. What's that about? Well, they got to eat supper later. This isn't supper? <laughs> Let me ask you a question. Which one of those are you going to ask? I'm asking me. My God gives two Rice Krispie treats, one for each. (laughs) 
<laughs> he, the, the Bible says he can do more than we ima- can ask or imagine. So I want to look at this, and I want to look at some things this morning. I want to remind you of a message I preached a year ago. Because I really believe that you, we've got to get our place to a, 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 to a place where we're saying, God, I'm not just going to imagine that it could happen. I'm going to believe that you can make it happen, that you will make it happen, that you'll do immeasurably more than I can ask or imagine that you will. Because if you don't believe that, you're never going to ask. And so I want to look at what's the purpose of God doing immeasurably more. How does God work the immeasurable in our lives? And why would I expect him to do that? And so I got some points. Let me give you this first one. God's immeasurable in your life is to bring him immeasurable glory. Okay? The reason that he wants to do it in your life is that at the end of the day, God gets immeasurable glory for what he's done. All right? The key words are to him be the glory. To him be the glory. Not to Jim be the glory. Not to Peter to be the glory. Not to Dick to be the glory. Uh, to be the glory. Not to Transformation Church be the glory. But to him be the glory. We want God to get all the glory. We don't want to rob him of his glory. The moment you start stealing his glory, it's over. It's over. Ask Herod in the New Testament. Ask Herod in the book of Acts. He didn't give glory to God. God snuffed him out in a heartbeat. He stole that glory. Paul said in Galatians, to, to whom be glory in ever, forever and ever, and amen. In Philippians, to our God and Father be glory forever and ever, amen. When he was talking to Timothy, he said, the Lord will rescue me from every evil attack and will bring me safely to his heavenly kingdom. To him be glory forever and ever, amen. Anybody see a pattern here? What they did and what God did in the book of Acts through these people, these men, these women, was for God to receive the glory. The glory of God should be the highest priority in our lives. Not the immeasurably more that we ask for. The highest priority of our lives. Listen to me and listen to me well. The highest priority of your life should be the glory of God. Not what you get from him. What you get from him should then bring glory to God. I ask so that it brings him glory. I imagine to bring him glory. I work to bring him glory. I give to bring him glory. We have forgotten the purpose of our lives is to bring God glory. We made immeasurably more about what we receive instead of what God receives. When I receive the immeasurable of God, he should receive immeasurable glory in the church and to all generations. You, you know, God parts a Jordan River so the people of God can walk into what he had planned for them. And he says, oh, and by the way, take those 12 stones that you find on the Jordan River bottom and you build a monument to me on dry ground so that in a future generation when they ask you what are these stones for, you say, to him be the glory. You give him a testimony. You see, what I want is the things that we do and the things that God does and the immeasurable he does through us that someday a generation will be able to say, to God be the glory. What about us? Psalmist said, be exalted, O God, above the heavens. Let your glory be over the earth. Let your glory be over the earth. It's about bringing him glory. I want God's immeasurable in my life so that I pray that he receives the immeasurable glory that he deserves. 
Let me give you a second point. God's immeasurable. The immeasurable. Imagine something that's immeasurable. Sit at, the, sit at the beach and try to measure the ocean. As it comes in and out and in and out. Who thinks they can measure that thing? God's immeasurable is possible. Let me give you two words. God's immeasurable is possible because he is. Everybody say he is. He is. I ask because he is. Hmm? I imagine because he is. I pray because he is. You'll say, what are you talking about? I'll get to it in a minute. I think because he is. I believe because he is. I act because he is. You see, that word he is, is present tense means that he's able, is always able, has always been able, and will always be able. How many know there's never a time where God's not able? There's never been a time where God wasn't able. There'll never be a time that he isn't able. Aren't you glad that your God is not unable today? That he's able. He is. If he isn't, why would I ask? If God isn't able, why would I ask? If I don't believe he is, I'm not asking. I'm not going to think or I'm going to imagine. But if I believe he is, then I'm asking based upon who he is, not who I am. I'm coming to him because of who he is. I'm going to Pappy Jim for the Rice Krispie Treat, not yeah, yeah. I want two, not one. I want my own, not his. <laughs> I don't want to share, all right? She's right, but he's better. Not better than her, but his, you know what I mean. Don't be taking it out of here. Pastor Jim said he's better than Penny. <laughs> you hear it now. You're already on your phone texting her. Guess what Jim said today? I'm asking based on who he is. I'm asking because I believe in the one who is. Let me tell you some things that he is. Let me tell you, let me, let me give you some things that he is, which should prompt you to ask and believe for more than you can ask or imagine. The Bible says he is love. Hmm. Come on. God loves you. God loves you. First John says what? Whoever does not love does not know God because God is love. He's loved, therefore I am loved. He is love, therefore I ask because I'm loved. I imagine because I'm loved. I think because I'm loved. I dream because I am loved. My dreams are founded in his love, not my imagination. I ask not because of my need, but because of the God who loves me and wants to meet my need. God is love. Man, how many believe we gotta start there? There's a whole world that thinks that God doesn't love them. There's a whole lot of Christians that like to help them think that. <laughs> Sometimes I just want to say, shh, be quiet. God is love. He is love. Let me give you another one. He is. He is for us. Aren't you glad God's for you? Think about the scripture. scripture Romans chapter 8. What then shall we say in response to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son but gave him up for us all, how will he not also along with him graciously give us all things? He is for us, therefore I'm not afraid to ask. I'm not asking you if I don't believe you're for me. I've got to believe the fact that God's for me. A lot of people are not sure of that. He is 
for me. Therefore, I imagine victory when defeat is in sight. Come on. He is for me. Therefore, I don't fear trouble, hardship, famine, danger, or sword. He is for me. Therefore, I am more than a conqueror, the Bible says. He is for us. He is faithful. Come on. He's faithful. God is faithful who has called you into fellowship with his son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. He is faithful. Therefore, I am faith-filled. If he is faithful, now I'm faith-filled. I'm going to go and ask him. Right? I'm just making sure you're still with me. God is faithful. I'm secure. God is faithful. Therefore, I ask. I think. I imagine. He's faithful. There I'm asking based upon his faithfulness in me and my faith in him. He is faithful. He is love. He is for you. He is the good shepherd. Right? He, Bible says, he is good. Everybody say, God is good. Peter said, what did Peter say? Now that you have tasted and seen that the Lord is He's good. He's good. I ask or think because I belong to him. And I ask, I think, and I imagine because he's good. And if he's good, then I'm blessed. He's my helper. He's compassionate. He is. I ask because I believe he is. I imagine because I believe he is. I've, if you don't believe that he is, you won't. Why would I ask God for anything if I don't believe he's good, if he loves me, he's for me? If I don't believe that, I'm not going to ask. But I ask because I believe that he is. His immeasurable in my life, God's immeasurable is possible. Why is it possible? How is it possible? This is where it gets better. Because of his power in us. Hey, how many know there's something lives in you? There's a resident power inside of you that the world doesn't have. There's a resident power in you that I believe that most of us have at times in our life left untapped. How many of you think that you have fully appropriated the power that is inside of you? According to the power. When does he manifest that ability? When does he move in and do the things that are exceedingly abundantly beyond what we can ask or think? When the Holy Spirit has empowered us, when Christ indwells us, when his love has mastered us, and when his fullness has filled us, here come the exceeding abundantly great things of God's ability that begin to manifest in our life. Yet that word, you know, it means strength, it means power, it means ability, inherent power that resides in a thing by virtue of its nature. Jesus promised his disciples his power, remember? When would that power come? How would that power come? It would come through the person of the Holy Spirit. The power of God in my life through the Holy Spirit that dwells in me. When his power through the Holy Spirit moves into your life, how many know immeasurable things begin to happen out of your life, things you can't even imagine? Think about it. Think about what happens for, for these apostles. The Holy Spirit comes upon them. The once cowering Peter stands up in front of a crowd and preaches the gospel. 
and 3,000 people get saved. Do you think he ever imagined 3,000 people getting saved in one sermon? He's like, whoa, that's pretty cool. Hmm? And then next thing, they find themselves going to the place of prayer like they always do. All of a sudden, this day is going to be different because now they see the beggar. The beggar's at the gate. He's been there day after day. They've seen him before. He wants money. All of a sudden, something happens to Peter. It didn't happen before. And all of a sudden, it's like, whoa, what's this? Something's happening. What is this churning inside of me? Hey, look, I don't have money. I don't have silver. I don't got gold. But I got something churning in me. In the name of Jesus, stand up and walk. Come on. Do you see it? Do you see what's happening? All of a sudden, this power that Jesus spoke about began to operate in and through them. And things that they didn't even imagine began to happen in their life. He begins to do things beyond what you can ask or imagine. He'll bring a rest to some of you that's beyond your imagination. He'll bring peace for some of you. Because how many know it's just not about the power of the Spirit, but how many know it's also about the fruit of the Spirit? Some of you, you know, you haven't, had, you haven't experienced love. How many know the Bible says that the fruit of the Spirit is love? Some you haven't had joy in 30 years. Guess what? God has joy for you. Peace. Patience. Oh, still working on that one. Kindness. Goodness. Gentleness. Self-control. The fruit of the Spirit of this power that lives inside of me. He'll bring joy beyond what you thought you could ever imagine. He'll bring a death to sin. Oh, aren't you glad the Holy Spirit's power is greater than the power of sin? It begins to happen in your life. When the Holy Spirit, when his power, the Holy Spirit moves into your life, his immeasurable is possible in your life. Things you can never imagine, things you can never even dream. But then when his power, the Holy Spirit moves into your life, his immeasurable begins to happen through your life. How many want it to happen through you? For somebody else. Hmm? You begin to be a conduit through whom the immeasurable of God begins to flow to others. Abraham believed God and became the father of nations. He was a man without any kids. Moses believed God and became a conduit through whom a generation who only dreamed of freedom would experience the immeasurable freedom of God. David was a kid in the field, receives the power of God, the anointing of God, the Holy Spirit of God, and flows into his life so that he can flow through him and out of his life. Peter, a fisherman, hears and sees the Messiah. He follows the Messiah. He sees miracles. He does miracles. And the immeasurable God begins to flow through him. But how does it happen? It happens through the power. But there's something else. You see, God's immeasurable begins with something else, too. It begins with my measure. How many know sometimes we got to give a measure? How many know sometimes it takes a measure of faith? Hmm? When you give God a measure, you are giving him the seed for the immeasurable. Hmm? God's looking for a measure to work with. How many have a measure of faith today? The Bible tells me if I got the faith the size of a mustard seed. I mean, that's just a little bit of a measure. Hmm? Joshua, get the people ready. In three days, we're going to cross over. By the way, Joshua, 
you're going to have to have the priest step into the water, the Jordan, while it's still at flood stage. I'm not parting it until they step in. <laughs> Woo. Woo. I've been like this priest. I'm like, yo, Joshua, you know this thing's still raging? Yeah, just step in. It'll be okay. <laughs> I mean, it's all right to tell somebody else. It'll be okay. Just go ahead and jump. Someday before I die, I'm going to jump out of an airplane. Who wants to go with me? Yes. Some of you are like, go ahead. Some of you got that, just thought about doing it without a parachute. Knock it off. But come on, flood stage. Oh, we're going to get whisked away. Can you, can you just see these priests in the ark down the, down the river? Right? It, wasn't, it was not going to part until a measure of faith was exercised where they had to step into that river. And I'm going to say to you this morning that for some of us, the immeasurable is not happening until you take a step of faith. I, you, years ago, you, you know the story. Many of you remember the story of the 11th Street Project. It took a step of faith, a measure of faith. How much money you got? None. How much money you need? 1.3 million. Yes, let's do it. You people are whacked. And we did, and we saw God bless, and we saw God move, and we saw God do miracles. And here's the cool thing about it. You know what's really cool? I believe that the 11th Street Project and what we did over there in Bindoy was just a measure for God to continue to do the immeasurable that's going to blow our minds in the next few years. Because this little step of faith, woo! I know, some of you just think, I hope he falls. Let me tell you a little story real quick. Just time out. I asked Peter to come up and lead us in a moment of prayer for the nation. And, you know, we do that advertising for the spit it, which means, you're wondering why we do a spit it campaign. It's social media, all right? It means if you like it, snap it, post it, Instagram it, or tweet it, right? So anyhow, I asked Pastor Peter to come up and lead us in prayer. And when he came up, I grabbed my coffee, and I went over here and I t- to take a drink. And when I went to take a drink, it went down the wrong pipe. I never did that. Next thing you know, I was spitting it. It was hitting over here. <laughs> Pat, Troy, did you hear that? I'm like, I'm like, oh, my gosh, I'm going to choke or I have to spit this out, one or the other. And I sprayed the whole front of the thing with coffee. <laughs> I'm a real person. You've got to give God a measure for him to do the immeasurably. Abraham gave him his past, his homeland, gave up his people, gave his son to receive an immeasurable God. Isaac gave a seed in a land of famine that became the immeasurable God in a famine land. Are you willing to give a measure of yourself? Are you willing to sacrifice a measure of yourself? Your own desires, your own ego, your own thoughts, your own plans. Are you willing to give a measure of your possessions? Are you willing to use a measure of faith? A measure of obedience, a measure of trust. What's the measure that God says, if you give me a measure today, I'll blow your mind. I'll blow your mind if you just give me a measure. God's immeasurable begins with my measure. When you give him a measure, you're giving him a seed to do the immeasurable. You see, building on last week for just a moment, some can only imagine 
We can't even imagine small things when we have a God who's immeasurable to do well beyond the small thing we can't believe for. And, and, here, and here's the great thing about it. You see, when we talk about he's able, this is what's really, you got to get this. We know that he's able. But a lot of people question whether he's willing. Oh, let me tell you about my God. Let me tell you about my God. He's more than willing. Matter of fact, he is so much more willing than we would even think that he's willing. He is so willing to bless you. He is so willing to blow your mind. He is so willing to do things in your life that you never thought or imagined. He is so willing. How many of you here today are willing to bless your kids? Glad I'm not some of your kids. How many of you here today are willing to bless your grandchildren? Watch this one. Why do we like them better? I'm teasing. We don't really like them better. Oh, maybe some days. And how many of you would bless, you're, you're willing to bless them. And you would bless them beyond your ability if you could. We got a God who's willing to bless and there's nothing beyond his ability. So why don't we dream and why don't we ask and why don't we believe it? You see, I don't want you to just live imagining. I want you to live walking in what was more than you can imagine. More than you can ask. Solomon says, all I want is wisdom. Just give me wisdom. Great. Here's wisdom. Now I'm going to give you everything you didn't ask for. I'm going to give you everything else. I'm going to blow your mind, Solomon. And how many know then Solomon's wealth blew the minds of everybody else? How many, how many are ready to walk in a place with God that God says, I'm going to blow your mind and people's minds are going to be blown through what I do in your life. I want to be there. You see, I believe God's looking for a people. I believe he's looking for people who would dare ask him to do more than I can imagine. I believe he's looking for a person who will say, God, do the immeasurable in my life. God, do the immeasurable through my life. How many want to be a conduit? Hmm? He's looking for a people who will say, I believe he is, therefore I am. Say that today. He is, therefore I am. Yeah. Because if he isn't, I'm not. He's looking for a people who will say, I believe he is, therefore I will ask and I will think and I will imagine. He's looking for a people who will say, I believe he is, therefore I can and I will. <laughs> Don't you love David? David gets anointed by the Holy Spirit. He's a kid in the pasture field taking care of sheep. He ends up on the battlefield one day, anointed by the power of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit's inside of him. The power of God's inside of him. He shows up on the battlefield Goliath comes out, starts his stuff, starts trash talking. He did it twice a day for 40 days, 80 times. The army of God would run every time. This kid shows up. Who's that punk? Who's that punk? 
He didn't show up. And he didn't say, well, man, you know, Saul, if you'll just trust me, I think maybe I might be able to just go out. I might be able to, I might be able to defeat him. I'm not sure. No. No, 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 no. He said, let me at him, and I'll kill him. Let me at him, and I'll take him out. Let me at him, and I'll destroy him. Who is it that's allowing this guy to defy our God? Let me at him, and I'll take him out. There was no waffling. Because when you know, when you know who he is, you know what you can do. He's looking for a people who will give a measure of themselves so it becomes a seed for his immeasurable, a measure of faith, a measure of obedience, a measure of trust, a measure of their money, a measure of their possessions, a measure of their influence. He's looking for a people who will be used to bring him glory in the church, on the earth, in the world, and through all generations. <laughs> I was reading some stuff this week. I Somebody showed it to me, actually. I didn't read it because I'm not a member of this Facebook page. Somebody showed me. I guess there was some discussion this week on Facebook about what was going to happen with the old Wright Elementary School that we bought. <laughs> People said, well, why don't you get on there and tell them? I said, because I don't know. <laughs> That's really not totally true. We have some ideas, I think. But this is what I can tell you. This is what I can tell you. That place has been bought so that glory can be brought to my God now and for generations to come. That's why it's been bought. How it happens and what exactly will be in there, there's a lot of different things going to be in there. But I can tell you what it's about. And when God does the immeasurable by giving us the resources to do what we need to do, it'll be so he gets the glory. There's a lot of things I don't know how to do. That's why I get smart people around me like Peter and Dick and Dave and some others. I sometimes go, what am I doing in this meeting? You know, I've been in meetings with city people. What am I? Let me tell you why I'm there. I know why I'm there. I'm there for a main reason, one main reason. Keep the vision pure, guard the vision, and make sure God gets the glory. Not that that's not the heart of the other men. It is the heart of the other men. It's just that that's what I'm there for. That's what I'm there for. God will get the glory. He's looking for a people who won't be swayed and silenced by politics or the economy. Aren't you glad our God's bigger than the economy? Last time God blessed us, he didn't look at the Dow Jones before he did it. (laughs) He just didn't. Well, hold on a minute. I got to check, see what the Dow did today. Okay. Oh, it's down today. Can't bless you today. You're glad God doesn't like that. He's looking for people who move beyond the pessimistic, faithless rhetoric that fills our land. Come on, I'm tired of that garbage. I'm getting, I'm getting ready to preach a message pretty soon. It's going to be this is, my, this is going to be the title of the message. I don't care. There's some things I just don't care. I don't care that our first lady wore stilettos to the airplane. I don't care. I don't care. You want to fight about it? Fine. I don't care. I don't care that she wore white sneakers off the plane. I don't care. I don't care what hat she wore. I don't care. I don't care what statue stands where. I don't care. 
I, a lot of things, I'm just going to preach a message. I don't care. <laughs> I care about the glory of God. I care about his kingdom, and I care about his people, and I don't care about all this nonsense that is a distraction to what we're to be about. I don't care. That message is coming. I don't care. I'm looking, God's looking for a people who will speak the immeasurable possibilities of God. We don't need any more naysayers. We don't need more people to speak with the negative. Lord, let me just say this. Let me just say this. We spend so much time right now trying to figure out what's not fake news. Lord, I'm sick of fake news. But I can tell you one thing. I still know where the good news is. Yeah, it's called the good news of the kingdom of God. Preach it. Speak it. Don't get caught up in the fake news. Preach the good news. The good news of the kingdom of God. He's looking for a people that will say, they called my city distressed. I'm telling you, it's going to be distressed to blessed. God did it before, he'll do it again, he'll continue to do it. He took 12 men, these 12 men, they gave a measure of themselves to God. They followed Jesus, they gave up everything because they believed who he was. They said, he is. They walked with him, they talked with him, they ate with him, they laughed with him, they prayed with him, they cried with him. They did miracles in his name. He sent the Holy Spirit to dwell within them. The dunamis power God inhabited them. They did miracles in his name. They cast out demons. They healed the sick, they raised the dead, they fed the poor, they gave to the needy. They preached the good news of the kingdom of God. They changed villages, towns, cities, and regions. Some were beheaded. Uh-huh. Some were stoned. Some were sawn in two. Some were crucified. Some were exiled. They gave a measure of themselves. They started with 12, and today the number is immeasurable. Today, his glory has been revealed through all generations because of what God started with. They never started with a goal of getting to heaven. They started with the, living out the heavenly realities on a daily basis. I'm not even sure Pastor Peter does a better job with this. I'm not even sure they ever thought that they would die and go to heaven. I think they thought Jesus was coming back before they would die. Am I right, Pastor? They believed in the imminent return of Christ at any moment. And they were about the business. I imagine, I got a vivid imagination. Come on, Troy. Some of you are saying, I didn't imagine you'd ever stop. <laughs> Remember, God's able to do more than you can even ask or imagine. <laughs> I got imagination. I imagine a house, this house, that's filled with a passion for God that all other passions bow to. You know, sometimes it's funny, you come into church, and you know, as a pastor, you, people are in all kinds of places in life coming in here. Some have had rough weeks. Some have been, had heartache news this week. Some have challenges this week, all kinds of stuff. But also, sometimes there's just an attitude sometimes that comes in the house where some people, you know, it's like we're socializing in worship. Hello. Hello. Be quiet. The king's in the house. You know, let's focus on him. It's not time to socialize. We've got a four-year for that. Come into worship. Worship. Focus on God. Don't distract people around you. Let all other passions bow to one passion of worshiping the King. A house that is filled with the presence of God. 
that'll break the yoke, that'll break chains. I imagine a house where people find an unconditional love of God on display through this people. It doesn't matter if you're black, white, purple, orange, pink, rich, poor, middle, that you face these and you encounter the unconditional love of God. A house where people expect miracles to happen are not surprised by them. Come on. Come on. Maybe we could get a, a new normal. Imagine a day. <laughs> Listen, I like, I like this. I can't wait for the day that we tailgate to get to church. <laughs> I know. It's funny, right? He's weird. Yeah, I am. There's somebody up here cooking brats. Keep the beer at home. Y'all looking at me like I'm weird. I mean, you know, I love the football atmosphere. I love to go to the games. I love to go tailgate. I love all that. It's awesome. It's fun. It's great. There's nothing wrong with it. And you do it getting all hyped up ready for the game. I mean, doesn't it get boring after a while with 52 nothing? You're playing Akron? But can you imagine we're, we've got tailgate in a church parking lot, Troy? Well, we're going to be so excited for what's going to happen today in the house of God. We're going to be so excited for what God does today. We're so excited. It's going to be so awesome. Where, where you know, th- those people that walk into that football stadium, they're hyped up before they get in the stadium. Yeah, I'm weird. You all weird. That's a football. Imagine when our sons and daughters surpass anything we've ever done. Anything. When, when we get buildings done, and you, know what, you know what I figured out? I don't think we'll ever be done. <laughs> Whether it's here, there, wherever. God ain't done. So I can't even say that one. Okay, scratch that one. Hmm? But literally, when we finish a building here to give it to another generation, say, run. Run. Here's a tool. It's paid for. Run. In the city, I imagine things for a city. Yeah, I imagine things for the city. I imagine a day when the city is known for the riches of God, not branded with a distress label. That people from out of this area say, what happened in Altoona? Oh, let me tell you what happened in Altoona. My immeasurable God showed up. That's what happened. There was a people, not just of this house. There was a people of multiple houses that believed God and gave a measure of themselves and gave a measure of the resources. And God said, now I'm going to blow your mind. And people are going to say, what happened in that city? Oh, yeah, I know what you're thinking. Pastor's crazy today. Spent too much time camping. Maybe that's fresh air again. Really? Have you read the Bible? Imagine a day, man, when drugs, alcohol, and addiction are the abnormal, not the normal. Because my God will bring down the names behind the names someday, and he'll deal with the injustice in the land. 
is what it is. It is what it is. When God raises up statesmen who are not afraid, who don't walk in fear, and stand upon a principle, I'm telling you now, I prophesy it now, that someday God will make and bring down the names behind the names, and he will bring the names down. He will bring down the names behind the business, and it will be a day when it will be a breaking of the yoke in the name of Jesus Christ. fired up on that one I can imagine a day yeah it's imagination I know maybe Brett you have to worry about your job because there's not enough people at the prison come on come on I'm praying you out of a job man (laughs) don't worry Pastor Peter will give you money (laughs) I imagine a day when all the churches in this city are overflowing When the economy flourishes because it's driven by kingdom companies, kingdom-minded entrepreneurs. When it's no longer the brunt of people's mockery. When the renewal of a city happens because of this crazy, immeasurable God that can do more than I can think or I can imagine or I can ask. That's who my God is. It is. So I built on last week's. I really believe God said, I, I, you know, I, I said, God, I don't want to preach a message I preached a year ago. But last week I had to deal with, in your hearts, many of you, 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 you don't have this notion that God has good prepared for you. He does have good prepared for you. He has more than you can think or imagine prepared for you. I'm just telling you the truth of Scripture. And he wants to do it. And he wants to do it. That's the great thing about it. There's people in this room I could walk up to right now and I could say, hey, 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 will you give me $10,000? Not you. I got to go to somebody that likes me. And I know they can do it. I know they can. But I'm probably not too sure they're willing Therefore, I'm not going to ask. But if I thought you were willing, oh man, I'd be there. You got a willing God who's able to do more than you can ask or imagine. Father, today, I want us to grasp this imagine you sometimes like a father who has all these things for their son for his sons and his daughters things that he has planned and things that he has prepared and things he has kept away things that they don't even know about that he's just waiting for that moment where he can just say oh man let me show you what I got when my little girl got married to that guy over there. What's his name? <laughs> I was pulling an Andre. When my little girl got married. I mean, no marriages are stressful things for families. Okay? And they did good. They saved money here. They saved money there. And there was things that we, we spent money on and da 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 and all that. But the whole time, 
neither Tony or Penny knew that Daddy was setting aside money. Setting aside money. So that when we got down to the crunch time when all the stress was there, that when there was things that they wanted that they didn't, couldn't get because they didn't think they had the money to get, that Daddy was going to be able to say, oh, it's okay, because I got more than you think I got. I got more than I think you got, that you think I got. And guess what? I'm willing to use it. And so we got to that point, and I was, there was something we wanted, and they wanted, and oh, no, we don't have the money for that. I said, yes, we do. Yes, we do, because you see, Daddy wanted to bless. Daddy prepared to bless. Daddy was ready to bless. But I got to tell you something about my God this morning. He's got things ready for you that you don't even know about and that he's willing to do in your life. I'm just telling you. They're there. They're not, you can't see them, but they're there. I believe more in the character of my God. I believe in the character of my God. I, I believe more in the character of my God than the conditions of my life. And so, Father, I, I'm asking you to use this message. I know it's one that we did before, but there are certainly things that come out today that didn't come out before. That, Father, we laid a foundation last week, and we laid another principle upon it this week, that you do have things prepared, things planned. And you're looking to bring a person and a people to a place where you can reveal them. You know, I wasn't planning on closing this way, but I've just been stopped by the Spirit of God. And this is the day that you give a measure of yourself. This is the day that you give a measure. The woman said, if I could touch the hem of his garment, I could be healed. She touched the hem of that garment. Boom. And she was healed. Jairus came and fell at his feet. My little girl's dead. My little girl's dying. Then they told him that she's dead. Jesus said, don't you fear. Just believe. He had a measure. Came with a measure. Jesus did immeasurably more than he could even think or imagine. He wanted him to come heal a little girl who was sick. Jesus said, I'll do more than that. I'll raise a dead little girl to life. Over and over again in Scripture, you see where people come with a measure. And when they came with a measure, they received from Jesus more than they could even imagine. The leper said, if you're willing, you can do this. Jesus said, I am willing. The leper knew he could. Wasn't sure if he wanted to. I believe that the Spirit of God halted me in a closing prayer to say this. If you will bring your measure this morning, it will be the starting point to His immeasurable in your life. And I don't know what those things are. I think I have an idea what some of them are. 
Some of it's just going to have to be operating a measure of faith. Just a measure of faith. So I'm going to ask you. I'm not going to mess around. I'm going to drag my feet. I'm not going to try to work up the right mood. I'm going to count to three. That's what I'm going to do. And when I count to three, that's what I'm going to say to you. Bring your measure to the front. You bring your measure to the front. We're going to pray. We're going to believe God. And you're going to bring that measure. No matter what it is. You're going to use a measure of faith to bring the measure. We're going to believe God begin a season of the immeasurable. One, two, three. That's you. Move now. fact that you stepped up here you've already exercised a measure of faith that you're believing the word that you heard you're believing the promises that you heard you're believing the truth of God's word that you've heard and you've made a step of faith Some of you are going to have to use that measure of faith this morning to forgive. There's going to be some forgiveness given. No, they don't deserve it. That's not the issue. And yes, they did wrong you. And yes, they did harm you. It's not the issue. The issue is the unforgiveness is killing you. The unforgiveness is destroying you. become a root a root of bitterness anger, resentment it has robbed your joy it has stolen peace Jesus said if you have the faith the size of a mustard seed you can say to this mulberry bush be uprooted and thrown into the sea and he was using that illustration as a 600 year root system of unforgiveness that would be like a 600 year root system with a little bit of faith that can be uprooted. Some of you need to leave fear at this altar this morning. Fear and anxiety. Give a measure of that this morning. Some of you want you to lay down your pride. Lay down some pride this morning. Say, God, I'm not in control anymore. There's a pride that needs to be laid down. I can't even fathom to think I could stand here and mention all the things that I've that you have brought. But I am saying to you this with the measure that you bring, God is going to begin to do the immeasurable for you.
I want you to leave that measure here. Don't you pick it back up when you go home. Don't you pick it back up when you get in the car. Let's do a little, let's do a little manifestation. I don't do a lot of this stuff, but let's do one today. Everybody take your hands and do like this. Okay? Make a fist and do like this. And I want you just to minute for a moment. This is the thing that you brought. This is the measure that you brought. In a moment, I'm going to count to three again. Huh. And I'm just going to ask you to let it here. Just drop it. You're looking to God. And you say, God, I give this to you. I give this to you. I give this measure to you. I, I don't want this anymore. I want you to do more than I can even imagine or think. I know that you're able and I know that you're willing. Those two things now, can, they, they, they go together in my life. You're willing and you're able. And what you're saying is, I, I, I leave it here. Abraham took a son to Mount Moriah and was willing to leave him there. He was willing to leave him there. Kill him. Leave him there. Now we know the story. We know God stopped him. But that willingness to leave that measure there became an open window to the immeasurable God in his life. So today, I want you to leave it here. I want you to say, God, here's the measure. One, two, three. Drop it. Just let it. And I'll begin to receive God. Receive from God. Receive the healing of God. Receive a word from God. Receive the Spirit of God blowing upon you. Receive from God right now. Receive from His Holy Spirit right now. Receive joy for some of you. Receive joy this morning. There's a joy coming this morning. Leave that sadness. Leave that mourning. Leave that grieving. Leave it this morning. There's a joy coming this morning. A joy from the Holy Spirit. There's a courage coming this morning. There's a boldness coming this morning. Anxiety is going to get left here this morning. Fear has dominated long enough. Discouragement has dominated long enough. Be of good courage. Father, I pray healing on this room this morning. Healing, God. Supernatural healing of God. Sickness is left at this altar. Miracles, God. Because you're able and you're willing. Addictions broken in the name of Jesus Christ. The name above all names. The name above all names. Your name is greater than heroin. Your name is greater than opioids. Your name is greater than uh, the painkillers. Your name is greater than all the stuff that we can label this morning. Your name is greater than that. The name above all names. Broken. Your name would break this morning. Your name would break this morning.
that this would be a defining moment. This would be a day. The day that people could write in their Bible. A day they could write it in their calendar. That this was a day I left a measure. This was a day where I started in a season. It was unlike any other season. This was a day I walked into a season of God's immeasurable mind. This is the season where it started. That God blew my mind. And Father, maybe we, may we be quick to remember It's for your glory. It's for your glory. It's for your glory. We will not rob your glory. We will not steal from your glory. It is about your glory. try to bless you this way. I bless you in the name of the one who's able to do immeasurably more. The one who's able to do and willing to do immeasurably more. Look at me. Look at me. Don't close your eyes. Look at me. I want to look you in the eye. The one who's able to do and willing to do immeasurably more than all you can think, all that you can ask, and all that you can imagine. According to the power that's in you. It's in you. What you want is in you. That is working within you, inside of you. To Him be the glory. To Him be the glory. God, will not be bound the rest of your life. I promise you in the name of Jesus Christ you will not you will not you will not be bound the rest of your life. You are loved and you are highly favored by God.
God has a path. And that path is the, place, is the pathway to freedom. You take it. You take it. You don't turn to the left. You don't turn to the right. You don't look back. You fix your eyes. And you don't fix them on a destination. You fix them on a person. You fix them on Jesus Christ, the author and finisher of your faith. And there will be people that try to get you to go left. There will be people that try to get you to go right. And there will be people that get you to go backwards. And you fix your eyes on the author and the finisher of your faith. And you will experience. You will be free. You will be free for the rest of your life. That when you cross over, the floodwaters are going to close behind you. You are loved. Him be the glory in the church. And in Christ throughout all generations. I bless you. I bless your generations. I bless your seed. I bless your children. I bless your grandchildren. That the glory of God will be known in their generation. Forever and ever and ever. And God's people said, 